Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. evening, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Corbin versus the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Alba, here with our brand new spanking fucking soundboard that has all these new sound effects built in that I can play with during the show. And actually, I was given it last week, and this is the part where you pat me on the back for showing all of the restraint and not spamming the shit out of it last week. But goddammit, I'm going to use it this week sparingly at least, and then we'll ramp it up. And I think that this soundboard is going to become a new pet project of mine while I customize it to all of the sounds that would suit my fancy. I think the end goal is honestly just getting it filled up with sound bites from the room, uh, but I also have to remember that other shows have to record on this soundboard. But on the other hand, who wouldn't want to hear some hot and spicy Tommy Wiseau action on The Spark with Stephanie James? I know I would. There's also this sparkling magic one that I feel like I'm going to get a shitload of mileage out of, but we're just going to see how they all roll out. Uh, Just while I've got your attention, I'm just going to rifle through all of the lovely sound effects that I have at my disposal now so I can do my flex. Uh, You've got your, you know, standard cricket for if I feel like a joke doesn't really hit all together and I don't feel like editing it out and I just want to face myself. Uh, You got your rim shot for when I've got the punchline. I have this creepy Twilight Zone thing, which I feel like I can get a lot of mileage out of. And then, you know, you've got the cartoon. You did bad at the game show shit. And then I've got this really long laugh track. If I want to, like, pat myself on the back or maybe if I want to put a button on, you know, a hilarious thing, like maybe talking about the latest bullshit going on in politics, that gives me the perfect segue into my opening bit, doesn't it? I hope you enjoyed my uh, trip through my majestic hall of sounds. I promise that I will keep you updated as I update them. But as far as updates go, it would appear that we have our definitive and final update on our three-year-long national purgatory red herring epic that is the Mueller book report. After two years, Robert Mueller broke his Paul Dano and Little Miss Sunshine silence and finally got in front of cameras and said in his own words, clearly and succinctly, leave me the fuck alone. At least that's the meaning I gleaned from that press conference because it was that perfect statement that just so encapsulated everything about this two and a half year long ordeal where just enough was said by Robert Mueller that both sides feel vindicated in their viewpoint and we can continue to drag this ridiculous bullshit narrative even further into the election year and waste all of our time. And it is a goddamn waste of time. And yes, I am coming unleashed on this because I decided, I think about a year and a half ago, that this whole Mueller report thing was going to turn out to be a big fat nothing burger, mainly because of the whole boy who cried wolf thing cycle that we kind of got ourselves into after a certain point where every two or three weeks, there would be some new like starting back in like 2017, there would be some like new story every like two or three weeks, something like Donald Trump Jr. has been caught high fiving this Russian operative. And then for like a week, everyone would be like, woohoo, we got him. We fucking got Trump out of office. Good job, boys. Pop the champagne. Let's fuck shit up. Except here's the thing, guys. Nothing fucking happened. Nothing ever happened. And then eventually we were like, okay, I guess it's okay for Donald Trump Jr. to high five that Russian businessman. I guess it's okay that they had conference with these Russian operatives. I guess that all of these things that have come out, you know, we've eventually kind of boiled our own frog and we've gotten used to this idea. So, you know, now that we're at the point where Robert Mueller is finally standing up in front of a camera And saying very definitively, Russians hacked the election, you know, we had foreign operatives working on this. 
you know, we're already very aware of that. That's been repeated for like two years and nothing has been done by anybody. So just the fact that this guy who has not said anything about it for the last two years is finally saying it definitively, that shit doesn't register. And so all of these media outlets that are making a big deal, like any revelation has been made, they're just trying to sensationalize shit that doesn't exist. He just got up in front of there because the report already dropped like a month ago. His job was done, but people are still badgering his ass to get up in front of Congress to do more stupid bullshit political theater, which is all that this has been for the last two and a half years. And you want my honest take? Do you really want to know how I feel about this? Do I think that the Trump campaign conspired with the Russians to influence the election? I mean, yeah, probably, because that's what evil, underhanded people do. But the question has never been that. The question has been, do our institutions in our country actually give enough of a shit about that sort of thing that they will actually try and persecute a rich person? And that is what this has been about from the very beginning. And the only reason why I was kind of optimistic that this was going to work out was because Trump isn't technically rich. But you understand the slippery slope that we lead ourselves into. Once you start persecuting one person in a position of power, then how many other people are opened up? And that's a can of worms that nobody in the government really wants to open. And that's why we're not going to see any actual impeachment proceedings. Definitely not in the next year and a half. Although I can guarantee goddamn to you, and you can mark my words, I'm putting on my Nostradamus hat right now, that if the Democrats do fulfill my worst nightmares and totally screw the pooch right in the face and fuck up this next election, I guarantee you then we will see impeachment proceedings because they are going to need something to distract from the fact that they fucked that election. Because ultimately, that's all this Mueller report has been. It's been a distraction. It's been a distraction from actual Trump administration moves. It's been a distraction from every other bullshit thing that's been going on in our country that doesn't immediately involve Russian conspiracies. There's so many fucking things wrong in our country right now. And there are so many people that are concerned about whether the president is a traitor. The president's a fucking moron. I don't give a shit if he's a traitor, but we've spent this entire Mueller report fantasy, for lack of a better word, as we've all expected Mueller to ride down like fucking Gandalf in the two towers to save us from the terrible election evil that we all thought could never happen. And we've spent this whole time trying to justify this story and create this narrative where we're going to be saved. And we're not. The only way that we're going to get him out of office is by voting the boring way. I'm sorry, guys, but this is what happens. We voted him in. We have to vote him out. And no amount of screaming about impeachment is going to make anything happen. Shit, even if Nancy Pelosi suddenly did synthesize a spine overnight, there's no way it could get past the Senate. It'd just be another waste of effort. And then you could turn around and make fun of the Democrats for that during the presidential election. I'm not asking you to consider the morality. I'm just asking you to consider the political optics. And yes, that is the pragmatist in me. I'm sorry, but God damn it, if we are going to win, we being as progressives, we need to start thinking about how to actually win political victories instead of cinematic pipe dreams like the Mueller report. And I think at some point I was supposed to make some jokes, but then I kind of got bogged down in like my opinions and shit. So I'm going to go recalibrate and I'm going to have you listen to some tunes and also, I got to go talk to these uh, two dark-suited gentlemen that just showed up at my door. So hopefully, uh, I'll be around after these next songs are over. This is Broken Baby and their song, Meat Week.
fuck it. I'm done.
is just a man. He can leave it, he can take it. But better shake that tail just like a rattlesnake is shaking. Ignominious decision, but somebody gotta make it. Lord, I know I made a promise. Welcome back to Corbin versus the world where we are just as traumatized by HBO's Chernobyl as you are. Don't worry, you're among friends. You just got done listening to Meat Week by Broken Baby. That's a new single by them. Followed up, we had Just Like the Weather by the Velveteers out of Denver. And rounding us out, we had Shake That Bush Again by the Mooney Suzuki. And their singer had the best sideburns of any musician in the early aughts. And I will certainly fight someone on that. But I'm not here to fight. I am here to bring this conversation back down to earth and talk about some good old-fashioned alien and flying saucer action. God damn it, I gotta remember where the stupid... There it is. There's the Twilight Zone. That's right, aliens. Yeah, the New York Times just released a story last week in which they got Navy pilots on the record talking about their encounters with unidentified flying objects in 2014 and 2015 and this is something uh that is still very new and novel to me because i've been a ufo buff pretty much since i've been able to read about freaky and funky stuff and over time you know i used to be all about flying saucers and bigfoot and the loch ness monster and the chupacabra and all that fun supernatural shit deep down you know the the youthful part of me really wants all of these uh fantastical things to be real but especially in the age of uh, smartphones and Snapchat and, you know, live streaming literally every fucking thing that you do. Uh, I've kind of lost hope for most of my mythical dreams. But God damn it, guys, I'm still holding out for aliens. And these reports that I've been reading in the last few years have been giving me hope, not necessarily about aliens, but at least the fact that UFOs might actually be a thing. And I do have some personal investment in this because once upon a time I saw a UFO and I will tell you all about it if we're alone, drunk in a bar together. I can also make my alien story available on our Patreon, but more about that later. Uh, so the New York Times recently spoke to some Navy pilots about uh, their encounters with UFOs. This was reported in the Navy and Air Force's new policy. This was reported by the New York Times two years ago that they now have a database in which pilots have to record their actual experiences with unidentified flying objects. So we're not exactly acknowledging that aliens exist yet. Sorry, Tom DeLong, but at least we're acknowledging that there is shit going on in the skies that we cannot account for. And obviously, you know, there's probably some much more terrestrial rational explanation. Um, I personally think that it's just Elon Musk test driving different vehicles that, you know, he makes in his free time. And as far as extraterrestrial options go, it might still be aliens, but I hold by the theory that it's just one alien in all of these instances throughout history. And he's kind of like an intergalactic Jerry Seinfeld who journeys in different spaceships with different alien celebrities and they come to Earth to either get coffee or abduct humans. I don't know, either or. I feel like it would make for good ratings. But I do think it's really interesting that, you know, we're that we're rolling out these stories here in the 21st century. And I think it speaks to the absurdism of our current, you know, political and social climate that, you know, journalists are like, you know, honestly, with everything else that's going on, 
let's talk about aliens. That seems about as rational as anything else that's going on right now. And to be perfectly frank, if we woke up tomorrow and we saw on CNN that the alien overlord had finally reached out to us and was having a press conference and like Don Lemon was there and everyone was trying to figure out whether the aliens had seen the last season of Game of Thrones and whether they liked it or not. And would they like to meet Kit Harrington? We would be over it so fast. We're so desensitized by this culture. I think that even if aliens showed up tomorrow, we would be like, yeah, that's dope, but I got to get to work. Good luck with all those aliens. Have fun on the West Coast or whatever. I imagine they would hang out in Silicon Valley, but that's just me. Anyway, aliens exist. Tom DeLonge is right. You're all wrong. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Here's more tunes. We've got some good industrial music or at least industrial influence music that's been coming out lately. This is Trust, T-R slash S-T and his song, Bicep.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. I hope you enjoyed all those thumping beats. You just got done hearing Bicep by Trust off of his very, very good new album, The Destroyer. Followed up, we had Bit Plane by TVAM. That is one of their new singles. And finally, we had Bones UK's cover of I'm Afraid of Americans by David Bowie and Trent Reznor. So I wanted to take a quick moment to talk about some tourism out of control over at Mount Everest, our favorite gigantic elevation. Uh, So apparently it has been a record climbing season this year, and uh, the Nepalese (laughs) tourism board has been giving out a shitload of permits. So many permits, in fact, that there is so much crowding at the summit that people are literally dying because they are stuck in line trying to get down. And if there is a more cruelly capitalistic way to die, it is dying in line. And that is apparently the new reality that we are living in. And uh, if you want to do yourself a favor and you're feeling a little uncomfortable with your current surroundings, go ahead and Google the line that has been at Mount Everest and you'll feel a little bit more comfortable in your current surroundings because it literally looks like they are in line for fucking Space Mountain. And there's like easily like 50 people all jostling to get up to Everest. And I'm sitting there looking at the picture thinking... Is it really that hard to get up to Mount Everest if there's that many fucking people up there? And I feel like it really takes the piss out of the whole human achievement of it when that many people are able to accomplish it. And so what I think, uh, you know, rather than than narrowing the amount of permits that are given out, I say keep issuing as many permits. We need to make the climb harder. We need to contact the people that did guts for Nickelodeon and we need to get them to rig Mount Everest like the fucking crag. We need falling boulders. We need wildcats. We need shit. We can even get temple guards from Legends of the Hidden Temple. I'm sure they're not doing anything now, maybe doing like haunted houses and shit, but they would jump at the opportunity to take their skills literally to the next elevation level. And then you can film it all and it'd be a great TV show. And I feel like I might have just invented the concept of the running man But hey, I'm just joining in with the dystopian jamboree. So if you're wondering, don't plan a vacation up to Mount Everest. Consider something that's a little bit more nice to the human body. Maybe like Casa Bonita. It's really nice. And, you know, it's still technically at a high elevation, but it's fun for the whole family. And if you get stuck in line, no one's going to die. I think. Maybe. I don't know. Here's more tunes. This is Slaughter Beach Dog. This uh, started off as a side project by Jake Ewald of Modern Baseball, but after Modern Baseball sadly went on hiatus. 
uh, there's been more energy put into this project, and they just put out a new single, two new singles, as a matter of fact, and this is one of them right here, right now, that you're about to hear. This is Slaughter Beach Dog and their song, Good Ones. She dumps the contents of her purse onto the high top from her chair. I could have sworn that I had 60 more dollars in there. She said that I would not believe the things she'd read they'd written there. Plain as day and I might turn to salt for staying too long.
everything's new All the talk we heard was true Legends we all heard once The whispers from the star fronts Hope for the best Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing Good Ones by Slaughter Beach Dog, followed up by Far Out Feeling by the band Susto, and finally we had Sicilian Crest by the Mountain Goats off of their very, very good new album, In League with Dragons. And yes, the Mountain Goats have a new album out, and I think at a certain point I'm just going to make like a fantasy football league for bands, uh, or at least like the really prolific ones, to see how much they can put out in like five years. Put like King Gizzard, the Lizard Wizard, Ty Siegel, the Mountain Goats, the OCs, get them all. And then like um, Dan Beckner and all of his like dozen side projects, like pit them all against one another over like five years. And I guarantee you, you'll have like 48 hours worth of music when all is said and done. And that is all that is said and done on this episode of Corbin versus the world. I wanted to give a couple quick shouts out before I kick you to our last set of tunes. First of all, be sure to check out our first episode of Call a Radio on NOCO FM, in which I get to interview the band Altas out of Denver. They are a tremendous post-rock instrumental band. And I got to talk to them all about their new album that's coming out, their album release show at Rhinoceropolis on June 8th that you should definitely go to if you are in the Colorado Denver area and their various artistic process and coming up in the Denver music scene and all of that fun stuff. So definitely check out that first episode of Color Radio. It is our ongoing series in which we are profiling all kinds of cool artists and makers and various goings on in Colorado. So if you're in the know about some cool goings on, holler at us and we will see if we can get them or you an episode. And speaking of giving some power to you, the people, I wanted to very quick shout out a dedicated song on this show as per our patreon just a quick reminder listeners if you love and support this show and the network go ahead to our patreon and you can cough up for the low low cost of two dollars a month which is less than some people pay for parking in denver for that low low cost you can get a song dedicated on this show and that is the case today my good friend baxter smith has dedicated this song Little Bone of Pain by Gio Wyeth off of his 2012 album, Alien Tapes. And I gave this whole album a listen through and it is very much worth your time. It's definitely a little known release, uh, like I said, all the way back from 2000. 
and 12. And the music is still available to purchase on Bandcamp if you want to go on there and support your favorite new artists, which you should absolutely do if you dig on any song you hear on this show. Check out ways that you can support them either through their Bandcamp, their SoundCloud, or various other ways to support your fellow artists in the 21st century. But I really dig on this track and this whole album. It really brings to mind kind of like that early uh, 2000s, late 90s, kind of Athens, Elephant 6, kind of indie pop sound that I really dug on. But it's a thoroughly unique sound, and so it's very hard to kind of pin down any specific genre. And so that's kind of the associations that I made. But your associations might be different because subjectivity is a beautiful thing in our beautiful world. So I'm going to close you out with this beautiful song. I hope you have a beautiful weekend, and I will catch you next week for another beautiful episode of Corbin versus the World. This is Gio Wyeth's Little Bone of Pain, dedicated by Mr. Baxter Smith, the leading Van Morrison superfan of Colorado and California. Thank you very much for your time, listeners. Appreciate you. And in the dream, there was a glacier. And it was blue like a television. And we were living in it. And we were trying to talk to each other. But it sounded like, it sounded like more or less.
quite think Grinning under the bridge with a plastic
This has been a production of NOCO FM.